Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast where we watch Blizzard and its many games. I don't have an eye-related or watching-related pun today. I'm sorry. I failed you as a host. Uh, my name is Matthew Rossi. I'm the host of the show. And with me this week are two really light-focused co-hosts. They're very, very interested in lighting and nighttime. Uh, first up, because she does practically everything for the show and because she apparently wants Alex to explore the depths of darkness, uh, Anne Stickney. And I, I, you're making Alex drink a inky darkness potion and wander around is that is that accurate yes because darkness okay. is neat <laughs> no matter hey, what he besides, says darkness is neat <laughs> besides forcing him to do this what else have you been doing this week um let's see uh beyond the whole 7.2 getting reputation doing world quests and everything else involved on the broken shore um which has been ridiculously fun actually i've been having a lot of fun with it i like the 7.2 content and when i haven't been enjoying the 7.2 content or when i'm done with the world quest and everything like that i've been playing mass effect andromeda like nonstop. so it's like a balance between those two games at this point for games anyway outside of games i have a whole mess of other things that i'm doing but i'm gonna say this neither here like, nor there both of the things you just talked about have a problem for me and the problem is is that i get sidetracked yes like every day I, I, I have like an idea of I'm going to do X. X in this case, we'll, we'll say X is I'm going to finally go back and finish the Suramar campaign. Yes. And every, every day I end up spending like 25 minutes wandering around on the broken shore or doing some artifact thing. Or today when I went in like fully intending to just, you know, do quests and be productive. And instead I spent, I think I had a thousand other shards. So I spent 10 I, I I did eleven attempts on the uh, Arms Warrior solo artifact appearance. There you go. Um, and and blew up, blew up real good. Like yep. I, I get nowhere, but you know, that's it, it's supposed to be hard. I'm not complaining that it's hard. I'm just saying, you know, yeah, I, I was a, I was a greasy smear on the on the floor at the end of those attempts. So yeah, it's this this patch has been sidetracking me, but good. 
Uh, also with us this week, he's currently wandering from dark place to dark place, ever trying to get us a, a view of lighting that's different in some way because of a potion he drank. Uh, it's Editor-in-Chief Alex Zebart. Alex, what do you, we just said what you were up to. How do you feeling? How are you doing? Are you, you done with darkness yet? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not as impressed with darkness as others, perhaps because I have seen nighttime before in my I life. I dwell in darkness, boy. Um, Your potion doesn't work on me. Uh, yes, um, nighttime is cool, but I don't know. This potion has not blown my mind. But um, last week, I've been playing lots of... I've been alternating between Heroes of the Storm and Mass Effect Andromeda multiplayer. I beat the campaign last week sometime, I've, but I've still been playing a lot of multiplayer. I love Mass Effect multiplayer. I've actually done some multiplayer for once uh, because the Apex missions kind of say, do you want to do this in multiplayer or do you want to just send your grunts to do it? Right. So I've done a little multiplayer, not a lot. Um, Wait, you I, can send your grunts to do it? Yeah. You, would, so when you do the Apex mission table, like, you know, it's what's in your ship. They have that thing where they're like, you know, do you want to do this mission in multiplayer or do you want to send your Apex squad? And oh, you can boy, pick I've it. been ignoring that thing it, entirely because well, I thought it was it, just the multiplayer interface. Oops. It's um, there's really no reason to do it if you just play single player. There's no you get like meager little resource bumps, but mostly it gives you the currency to buy items in multiplayer without spending cash. Yeah, it's so it's not it's not at all necessary to do them in multiplayer. You can, but you can easily do them uh, with your Apex team instead, and instead you get like you know like in-game rewards. But I've been doing them just you know I actually went and played a few. And they finally, finally, finally made Vanguard a class I want to play after but, um, three games. On, on this Blizzard Watch podcast, I've also been playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm because Heroes 2.0 is coming, and I'm pretty excited about that. Have yeah, you been I, playing gonna... on the PTR or just Heroes itself? I played a bit on the PTR just to see more so how everything works and how it feels and all that kind of thing, but I'm not putting in a ton of time on the PTR because... One of the selling point, like one of the big features of 2.0, is the new progression system, and I don't want to waste my progression on the PTR. I was just going to ask you, actually, since it's one of our top stories, do you mind talking about 2.0 and the new hero that they announced? Sure. Uh, yeah, Cassia came out today on Live Realms. She's the javelin Amazon from Diablo 2. Um, people who thought that we would never get an Amazon because Nova has an Amazon skin, uh, you're wrong. We got an Amazon. Uh, she's on the actual live game today, so she's out there. Uh, Heroes 2.0 is, I feel like calling it Heroes 2.0, it's a stretch. It's purely a marketing thing, but that's fine. It's basically, there are big changes in 2.0, but the quote-unquote meaning of 2.0 is kind of uh, a sign of the accumulated changes since the game has launched. Uh, they want people to take another fresh look at it if they looked at it before and were like, nah, they were like, okay, come back, take a look, see what we've changed since the last time you played. I'll but, say this um, for Heroes. Um, when we did it on the leveling stream, yeah. I actually had fun, and I'm terrible. I am I am awful. I think Ann and I were, like, running into our deaths so many times. Like, there was a lot of, I, I believe Ann's exact words were, nope, 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 run away, run away, run away. It was, like, two seconds after we started our first match. We just ran into the other side because... I'm that good at that game, and by good I yeah. mean not at all. <laughs> yeah, we're, both, we're both terrible, but we still had fun playing it. I feel like they made a lot of changes to quality of life in that game that make it. It's if you die, it's not a big deal. You can just get back in after a period of time. It's not. 
it's not a, a horrible penalty. So uh, if you haven't looked at heroes, you probably should. But but continue on about the progression changes because that's what I'm most interested in. Yeah, well, the game finally has a meaningful progression system. Before, you could level up, and every now and then you'd get gold for doing so, but there was a level cap, and there's really no reason to level up. It didn't do anything for you. Heroes 2.0 removes the leveling cap. You can level like crazy. Every time you level, you get rewarded with a loot box, which includes skins and heroes and all the new cosmetic rewards, which is things like voice lines, announcer packs, sprays, banners, actual um, emoji sets and there's emoji sets for every single hero in the game uh if you want to so use... it's overwatching you think it's definitely overwatching this to it yeah with loot boxes and sprays and all that kind of thing um if you play 100 for free you will still earn loot boxes through playing and you can get things like skins which previously you could only get for real money which is awesome but for people who are willing to pay a little bit of money and have been doing so all along Things no longer are sold for straight currency. You have to convert to gems first, like so many free-to-play games like to do. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I've never felt good about that secondary currency system. But if you play for free, you're going to get many, many, many more rewards than you ever did before. They will just shower you this this stuff, even if you play for free. That seems pretty interesting. So that's cool. That's nice to look for. And they, and it's they've named the Amazon Cassia, I believe, the one that's yep. this live now. Yeah, Cassia. that's cool to me because there are other characters who have skins based on other Blizzard games, and seeing that they're going to put they they put in an Amazon, even though Nova has an Amazon skin, makes me hopeful that they'll put in Widowmaker because Nova has a Widowmaker skin. Yeah, I think Widowmaker is a toughie because. Um, she's very similar had, to very other characters, yeah. She's very similar to Nova. Um, how do you really do two sniper characters? Uh, and they already had a hell of a time balancing one sniper character because it's not particularly fun when somebody comes out of stealth and bursts you down to dead in a game like Heroes of the Storm. Uh, it's more okay in an FPS game because you respawn fairly quickly and all that. Um, it doesn't translate as well to a game that has longer respawn timers and that kind of thing. So given they had so much trouble balancing one sniper character in Nova, given they have Nova and, and Widowmaker's kit is so similar, it seems unlikely they will add Widowmaker. She, I don't know what she would bring to the table differently than Nova. So I don't know. I think that what would make me happy is if they actually added Widowmaker's voice lines to the Widowmaker skin. That they skin. definitely need to do. Yeah, if they did that, that would be fine. I'd be cool with that. But right now, it's just, you, you have the Widow, Widowmaker skin, but she still does all the Nova voice lines, right? Yeah, yeah that's, still, that's Nova's, the problem. If they added Widowmaker's voice lines, that would be fine. I think that's a problem a lot of people have. I think a lot of Heroes of the Storm players are perfectly understanding of Widowmaker not being in the game. But given they added a Widowmaker skin, but kept Nova's voice lines, that sucks. Yeah, I'm not, like, you know, jumping up and down for it, but... Uh, the other, I guess we can also talk about this week. Um, they did a pretty, this was actually like right after the podcast last week, they did this first part of it and then they did more near the end of the week. They did a, Blizzard did a big series of posts about various classes that are going to get overhauls and changes in 7.2.5. They did a huge post about rogues, basically about how successful is rogue, has the rogue class fantasy been, um, how they're, they're going to work on that. They did a post about unholy death knights getting a slight buff, they talked about brewmasters and mistweaver monks. They talked about um, holy priests. Uh, I think they also talked about boomkin, but not in depth. Uh, but you know, so we know that seven point two point five is going to be the big 
going to be a class balance and class changes patch. It's somewhat kind of like what 715 was. We, we don't know that many specifics yet. We just know about the classes that they mentioned. But given that they like mentioned the fact, classes. I, I do like the fact that they have all these blue posts out there, though, because the blue posts are they're really in-depth. And they're talking about exactly what they're looking at when they're looking at stuff in terms of like class changes and why. So it's not just, oh, we're going to adjust a number here and no explanation about it. They're actually, they're really going into what they're thinking about when they... Yeah, I I agree, yeah. I can't address the the rogue changes because I don't understand rogues well enough. The Unholy Death Knight change is, is a slight buff. They're talking about changing the way Death Coil works. Uh, basically making it cost more resources, but but do more damage. And quite frankly, uh, right now those resources are getting wasted anyway. So that's okay. you know I, I I don't even play I won't play unholy that much. I usually play blood, but that's a decent change. So yeah, it, it was there was pretty good. You know the, the holy priest article looked to be post looked to be really in depth. I don't play a holy priest, so I can't address it. But you know there were a lot of there were a decent amount of them last week. So. That's worth keeping an eye on as we head forward. Uh, 7.2.5 is probably going to hit the PTR like any day now. Right. And um, the other thing that I found interesting was we didn't know there was going to be a 7.2.5. Did we? No, no, not. I mean, I think we suspected it, but they didn't. There was no like de- definite statement of it that I can they, remember. They didn't specifically say, oh, hey, there's going to be a 7.2.5 or anything like that. Um, the only thing that we'd heard hints of as far as future content goes beyond 7.2 was, oh, hey, Argus 7.3, and that was it. So we didn't know if there was anything coming in between. Well, now we know there's going to be a 7.2.5. What else is going to yeah. be in it? Don't know. Right now, it looks like just class tuning, but, you know. Yeah, we really don't know much more than that. But even if it is just a class tuning patch, it'll probably be relatively large scale just because it's going to actually be a full-on 7.2.5 patch. which just you judging, know. judging from the in-depth kind of exploration into each of the classes that they've done so far, this is probably going to be a fairly major patch for classes, just like class balancing, class changes, class tweaks here and there, that kind of thing. Um, beyond that, though, I don't know if they're going to have any content. Content. They just gave us 7.2, and 7.2 has a pile of stuff, so I'm not really expecting content out of 7.25. Yeah, yeah. 7.2 hasn't even unloaded all of its content yet. No, no. We We're have just a ways in... to go before we even get to the raid. Alex, I feel, like I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm the odd one out. Like, not, okay, so, yeah, a new raid is always a big deal, but beyond the raid, I don't actually feel like 7.2 has a lot of playable content. I've been to the Broken Shore. I'm not impressed with what's on offer there. There's not a lot to do with the Broken Shore. It's not like I can spend, you know, I log in for 20 minutes. I've done what there is to do with the Broken Shore for the day. It's not even like yeah, but a you just timeless said Isle to non-jungle You, you just said you've only just started the artifact thing. There's multiple artifact quest chains. There's the solo artifact challenge. There's the continuing class campaign. You, have you done those? But compared to, like, comparing the playable content to a standard content patch that we've had. I feel um, like 7.2 is on the smaller side. I'm going to take that as a no. You haven't played those? No, but compared to Tanan Jungle, which had the giant Tanan Jungle with the raid, and it had the garrison campaign stuff, which is like the artifact stuff. 
Mm, I'm gonna say compared it's... to other content patches, it feels small. And there's very there's like okay, this is the artifact stuff, but that's not even like repeatable content. So you've done it once, and that's all there is to it. It's well, not like I mean, something you will continue not... experiencing like a Tanan jungle. Okay, it's not repeatable, but there are three of them, so you end up with like three relatively large quests plus your campaign itself, which is separate from them, uh, plus the solo challenges, plus the five man dungeon, plus the raid, and plus the broken shore, plus the uh, invasions. I'm not saying you're wrong in that it might be. It's probably smaller than Tanan. The Broken Shore is clearly a smaller area than Tanan. I, I, I'm not in, disputing. The thing about the invasions that's also confusing to me is today they tweeted. Okay, so today's the first time the invasions are live. Yeah, they're live. And right. they tweeted every day there will be at least one invasion. So to start with, see, they're gonna they're gonna ramp up. That was like will they ramp up? That's one of the things they, they said. said that. They said okay. it before. I don't. They didn't say in that tweet. Because the tweet definitely said there will be at least one per day. So one spawned not too long ago, and I checked the timer. It's only up for six hours. If there's one a day, and you're not online for those six hours, you just don't get one to play that day? Yeah, I, I know they that they're going to... at least. Yeah, I know that they're going to do more, because when I did them on the PTR, they had them, the amount of time you had to, to finish them shrink as more of them were spawning. Like, this is something I saw that they did on the PTR. Like they, At one point, they had three of them going. So it's going to be like the invasions where they'll be in multiple places, but that's as time goes on. Unless they've just decided not to do that, which, you know, maybe they will. I don't know. I'm not saying 7.2 is bereft of content. Just compared to other major content patches, it feels like it has less than they usually have. See, I don't know. I wouldn't wouldn't call 7.2's content a boatload. See, I, I... Still haven't done most of the Broken Shore because every time I log on to do that, I end up doing something else like the you know artifact quests or the uh, you know the solo challenges or stuff like that. So I get what you're saying. I just don't know that I agree and I can't. I have yet to actually finish Broken Shore. Like I've done like a world quest or two on the way to something else, and then I end up going to do something else. Like or the Sentinax. We didn't even talk about the Sentinax, but the Sentinax, Sentinax is basically grinding t- to 11 like would yeah. you guys agree like the sentinax is basically like if you want to grind here you go i yeah, love it's just it grinding mobs. And I, I have nothing i love grinding mobs but i i spent like a good i don't know i keep i keep spending time out there and the thing is the way the way that the mobs work out there is if you're the same faction you don't have to be in a group to like tag multiple things as long as you're in the same faction. If the alliance tags something and I'm playing my horde character, then I won't get credit for killing that thing. But if I see another like, another horde player out there killing things, I can hop in on what they're doing and help them out and I will get loot too. So I ended up, I was doing this for a while and then I got invited to a group by just a random warrior who also invited a paladin that was wandering around and I think a warlock got in on the and by the end of it we just had this giant churning pile of demon portals and all we did was kill demons for like a good 45 minutes or so it was so much fun I had a lot of fun with it um so here's my question about the Sentinax. Sure. So I love mindlessly grinding mobs. I do. When there is a an attainable goal and all I need to do is grind mobs, that's great. And that goal can be gold or rep or, or whatever. What's the point of the Sentinax? I'm uh, genuinely sh- I got almost 6,000 nether shards off of 45 minutes of farming. Okay, is it just nether shards? Is there no like no. other got, end uh, purpose? Nether shards and I also got... Um, you know the gear tokens that drop out there? I got a bunch of those. And then I also got... Yeah, but... What else did I get? I think I got Legion Fall Supplies, but I'm not sure. And then the final boss that got summoned when somebody finally got the epic 
Keystone thing and they, they dropped the big boss, I got a bunch of stuff off of him. Yeah, see, um, I stuck around, I was grinding for a very long time, just getting nether shards. I figured that was the point. So I guess that is the point. And then somebody summoned the boss. I was like, cool, I'm going to get something amazing. And he just gave me like more nether shards, probably less than I got off of the other stuff. And then the portals went away. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, the portals go away and then it takes, I think it's like five to ten minutes or something like that, that it resets itself. Okay. Yeah. It felt like the boss stage of it was entirely pointless and it was actually like destructive to the grind. It he was, made the portals yeah, go away and he didn't drop anything good. He, he gives you like the best loot and everything, but the trade-off for getting the best loot is he also makes the ship go away. And once that ship is gone, it, you had to wait a little while for it to come back again. But you I don't have also... to wait very long. It's not like you have to wait six hours for the ship to come back or anything. Okay. I should also point out that they just hot-fixed the Sentinax today to deal with what you just said, Alex. Uh, What's that? The, the... Then I'm just we'll just move into that as the next news story because uh, April 4th got a series of hotfixes, many of which were to the Broken Shore and the Sentinax. Uh, one of the Broken Shore hotfixes is that they added grappling points throughout the Broken Shore, just like the ones in Suramar or, or Starmheim. So you can grapple. I don't know where they are, but they're in various places. They fixed Sentinax. Uh, one of the things they fixed was an exploit that people were performing raid groups because you could get like 35 people out there and they would just kill like non-elite trash mobs and get tons of nether shards for the entire raid group. So is that uh, not they, the point? Well, they didn't want it to be raid groups. They wanted it to be like five-man five man group. Okay. Raid group, yeah. not so much. When you have like 40, 50 people, it, it, let's be honest, the server is screaming at you at this point. So they, uh, they've hot fixed it. So you don't get nether shards from non-elites. If you do that, if you bring a raid group out, since you're just mowing down non-elites anyway, you just get raid, you just get nether shards and and drops from the uh, elites and the sentinel lieutenants and the you know stuff like that. Well, so. when I was doing it, it was a warrior and me, not in a group, just the two of us. And the non-elites were dying as soon as they came out of the portal, just two of us. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if their problem was with raid groups killing things instantly, they die instantly with two people. Nevertheless, they also uh, one of the things they hot fixed was that the drop rate on the lieutenants will be better um, because some people okay. were having the okay. same issue. That's good because the lieutenant, I just did not understand the point. He didn't drop anything of note and he slowed down our grinding of the regular stuff. So I was like, why is he, what? But yeah, I, so, like I said, I love grinding mobs. Now that I, uh, is the point in other shards for gear? Great. I'm okay with that. Perfectly that's fine. what that's what Sentinax is for. My wife and I actually stumbled on a Sentinax. We didn't even intend to be there. We were trying to do a world quest, and we had found ourselves in the middle of a Sentinax group. Uh, then that was kind of weird and scary for me because I didn't know what was going on. But yeah, so I found there's... it entertaining. The other thing that I haven't checked out yet that's in seven point two is um, the pet battle dungeon. I have the quest for it. I just haven't gotten around to going and getting to it and i think i'm probably going to do that this weekend in between that's at whaling caverns yeah and you can don't don't take a portal to go to whaling caverns or anything if you talk to the little uh he's like a little manaphine pet who's right next to the gal who gives you the quest over in briani's shop um if you talk to him he'll teleport you there he also judges you silently but he'll give you a teleport so <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to waste your hearthstones or portals or whatever on it. You can you can go straight there. Um, I just I haven't had a chance to mess around with it yet, but from what I've been hearing, it's pretty fun. If you if you're into pet battles, if you're not into pet battles, don't don't worry about it. It's not necessary for anything. It's just there. <laughs> All right. Um, should also talk about briefly. Um, 
uh, Arathi Highlands is. Is this for a holiday? Like, what's the deal with Snowy Arathi? Because I didn't understand what's what we were talking about. What's the deal with more. Snowy? No, it's um. I, I know I sound like a comedian. There's a winter, yeah. There's a winter weather advisory for Arathi Basin for like the next week. It's actually um, it's one of their new battleground things. The the brawl, they're kind of introducing the brawl system to the battlegrounds. So each week, well, when they bring up the battleground brawl stuff, each week it's like a week long thing where they introduce something brand new to existing battlegrounds and in this case this week it's Arathi Basin it's snowing there and visibility is like super super poor so you can't you can't really see very well through the fog all of the water is frozen over so you can get from place to place really easily but it's difficult to see anything coming (laughs) or to get from point A to point B which is pretty entertaining Um, so that's a week long and then other events that they've had along those lines was like the Warsaw Gulch there's like an instacap round in uh, Warsaw Gulch and then I believe there was one with uh, Eye of the Storm where they put you on ram mounts that occasionally will just like propel you into the air. It's like anti-gravity or something like that. I don't know how that works. Well, I think that's two different ones and I don't think they've run they talked about these at BlizzCon. They yeah, they're brawls. They're, they're basically they're brawls is what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, one was everybody was on ram mounts that could knock people back so you could throw people like off eye of the storm oh and they yeah were also where you talking run about into another each one other was, yeah another one with eye of the storm was supposed to be um i don't think they've they might have run this one i'm not sure it was gravity laps where in eye of the storm occasionally gravity will give out and everybody flies into and the everybody air. flies in the air yeah so for whatever reason eye of the storm is a really popular one for we're going to introduce something that flings you around in unexpected ways whether it's the mounts that knock you off the map or gravity just suddenly ceasing to exist um and warsong gulch i want warsong gulch was just the instacap thing um arathi basin is the winter thing and i don't know if they had any other ones that had been mentioned as of yet but i think this is kind of like an experiment thing that they're working on it's it's kind of breathing new life into these battlegrounds that have been around since you know vanilla burning crusade what have you um, you know what they need to do? I'll tell you what they need to do. What? Alterac Valley, where Ivis and uh, the other one are already spawned. <laughs> Just boom, Wait, they're, they're already there. there. And raid bosses. They're there they're and they're raid bosses. Raid bosses. <laughs> and they're moving, to attack, they're moving to attack the opposite group. Like, so just immediately, to... upon zoning in. <laughs> and, and also, Alterac Valley, summertime. It's really hot here. Oh, wow, it's really hot. Where'd all the snow go? Oh, God, I'm so hot. <laughs> Just have the valley portion of it fill up with water. It's like flash flood zone in the middle. People already don't want to go to Alt Track Valley. I know. It... I know. It just makes it worse. It doesn't matter what you do. It's going to make it worse. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess the last news story we, we mentioned briefly is that Blizzard has won $8.5 million in a lawsuit where they claim they, they, were, they got 42,000 separate charges of copyright infringement and... I'm just. Oh, this is for Overwatch, and I'm just stunned. Uh, I, I, I. What happened? I, I don't. This suit came up last year. Like they, they filed the suit last year. I remember that much. I did not see this victory coming in court. I did not know this was going to be happening. Well, this lawsuit it came out. When did we? When did we first hear wind of this, Alex? I can't remember. July. July. Yeah. Because I, I remember writing the article on a very hot day while I had to go to the mall to get a quiet place to work because the mall was quieter than my house that day. Yeah. So what happened was Blizzard filed against this company. It's a company called Bossland. Yep. 
and they're they in Germany. They're like a cheats. Yeah, they're they're a bot maker company in Germany, pretty much. Um, and they had been doing stuff with Overwatch that was kind of deliberately breaking the game, if you want to call it that. It, it was basically allowing people to see stuff that was like all the way across the map and this, that, the other. Um, Aimbots and, and seeing through walls and that kind of thing. Yeah. The, the argument was the existence of these things was harming their game because people were stopping playing the game or deciding not to buy the game because there were cheaters. Why would you play the game if you can't like get a fair shot at actually doing anything with it? So it was 42,818 counts of copyright infringement. Um, and basically what Blizzard had argued was that Boss Land reverse engineered and altered its games without Blizzard's permission, which is essentially what botting does. Um, you're doing stuff you're doing stuff that kind of, you know, breaks the game as far as that goes. And yes, that is not allowed. <laughs> that is just not allowed. So um, this was back in, oh gosh. So you said back in July, right? Yeah. The original I article wrote... was 20, yeah, 20 July yeah. of 2016. It, it was back yep. in July that they were going to like take these guys to court, but we didn't know how long it was going to take. And now apparently California court has granted this judgment against Bossland. And it's like a total of eight point seven million dollars or something like that. So there's the Oops. yeah eight point five million dollar judgment, uh, one hundred and seventy four thousand in attorney fees, and then like almost two grand just for the cost of the suit. Yeah, which um, oh, which, this is actually after a German court basically ruled that uh, bot you know the bots damaged the game. Like they they already won in Germany, and then yeah. they brought it over to California and got this judgment. So yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, these are also, I believe, I want to say that these are the guys who did Honor Buddy too, but I'm not sure. I believe so, yes. If this was the same company that did Honor Buddy. So, I mean, this is well, not the yeah. first time that Blizzard has has threatened legal action against stuff like well, this, but I don't know if they've ever gotten the, this much out of it. The suit was also involved with Hearthstone and World of Warcraft, so they may have actually been suing over like a multitude of things at oh, once. Oh, for all besides, of it, huh? Okay. Yeah, it's, according to the article I just read. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. All right. Well, anyway, as far as that goes, yeah, don't cheat. That, and don't make things that allow other people to cheat unless you'd like to lose a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, the way courts work, they're going to be suing and countersuing for years. But still, uh, that's a pretty big judgment. That's that's a lot, and it, it's a lot of a lot of counts. So that's pretty important. All right about now is the time we would do emails. Uh, before we do, Alex. Sure. If you enjoy our show, consider checking out Degusta Box at BlizzardWatch.com/slash/DegustaBox. Uh, it's a subscription, not really a snack service. It's a general grocery service where they send you things that are new to market or just unusual and you may not have tried before. Uh, I got mine this month, and it includes things like Nando's Hot Sauce, which they've sent me before. At this point, they've sent me three flavors, which I'm happy about because Nando's Hot Sauce is actually delicious. This time it was like a garlic sauce. They sent me some caramel candies, uh, Zenify energy drinks, a, a brand of Cheritos. They're not really potato chips. They're like a, like a corn chip snack in various flavors that are delicious. Some Cafe Bustelo instant coffee. And have you ever had... Cafe Bustillo. No, but now it. I'm kind of fascinated because you're saying that there's like instant coffee in there. Was it good? Yeah, it's. Um, I haven't had. I've had that brand of coffee. I have not tried the instant they sent me. Is it flavored um, or is it just coffee? No, 
It's just instant espresso coffee. Oh, okay. Uh, Cafe Bastello, I don't know how widespread it is. It's in grocery stores here. It comes in like a yellow vacuum sealed package. As opposed yeah, we to don't have that bag. here. Okay. But that's a brand I see in stores a lot, but I've never seen the instant. So the instant must be new. And when I opened the box, the first thing I saw was a can of garbanzo beans. And I'm like, why did they send me garbanzo Wait, beans? Wait, just a I can of garbanzo beans? A can of Bush's garbanzo beans and i was like why would they just send me beans like a can of beans that's weird but in the bottom of the box was a package of uh uh hummus made easy where you're supposed to use oh. the can of beans with the packet of stuff to make hummus okay so they gave you all sense. the ingredients to make it okay that's nice right and that made a lot more sense than just a can of beans and there are a, a variety of other things in here there was like 12 different items that all seem super interesting so if this seems like something that's up your alley check out uh, blizzardwatch.com slash box. We would appreciate it. Thanks, Rossi. Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and put podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line. That way we know it's for this show. Uh, as is always the case, Anne reads them for us, so I'm going to hand it over to her now. Anne? Okay, our first email is from... <laughs> I just saw the name. <laughs> Our first email is from Deadmon Walken, who's a troll death knight <laughs> from Illidan. Who says that is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's spelled D E D M O N Walken. So yeah, um, the email says hello. Finally played through the Death Knight campaign and really enjoyed the story of raising the four new horsemen. I was thinking what a unique opportunity this was to bring back important lore figures to become front and center in the Warcraft story. My question is how you feel about the choice of the new horsemen. Is there anybody else you would have brought back? Figures who could have provided more race or gender diversity to the team or just made for a better story. Thanks for your thoughts, Deadmon Walken. I gotta admit, I do feel like it was, it's like, you know, bunch of white white dudes from azeroth and okay but do you want to spill this because i haven't actually done the death knight campaign so yeah yeah it's it's not a it's i think at this point it's not spoilers no the game has been out long enough we could just go ahead and flat out say it so who was it when you do the uh, death knight uh, campaign the uh the lich king basically sends you out to raise people from the dead as the new four horsemen right but who are the four yeah yeah I'm, i'm getting there uh the first one is um is nazgrim general nazgrim from uh siege of and uh, he's actually he quickly becomes the Danny Glover of the group. He he's great. I like him. Oh, a really? Lot. Okay. He, he's fun. I like him. The the second one is Thoros Trollman. Really? Uh, you, you remember? Yeah. Uh, you know, Dan uncle, uh, father of Galen. You find out a lot about Galen there. G- Galen is not a good person. Galen, even before Galen died and got raised by Sylvanas, nobody was going to miss that guy. It turns out, and. When you, when you finally get Thoris up, it's at the cost of Galen. Sylvanas loses a minion, uh, but you you gain Thoris Trollbane as as one of the four horsemen, and that's that's fine. It's you know it's, he's a classic figure. He's from you know old Warcraft. It's cool to get him back, and and he makes a good Death Knight. The third one is Sally Whitemane. Inquisitor Sally Whitemane is oh. now a Death Knight. Yes, Inquisitor Whitemane is now a Death Knight. She uh, well. she serves you. She she got killed by adventurers uh, in Scarlet Monster. You, you know the deal. A bunch of those pesky adventurers killed her. Several times I, over, repeatedly, yeah. for her hat. Well, yeah, her hat and her staff. So now she's you know rolling around in plate armor, and she's she's pretty aggressive about things. And she's actually like the most aggressive of the four. So she she's one of my favorites. Um, at that point, though, you got three. They, they they then send you to Light's Hope Chapel. Now this where, I have heard about. Yeah, they send you to Light's Hope Chapel where you. You kick a, a lot of butt 
you you get into a fight with Lady Liadrin. Actually, you fight a pony Brightmane first, but then you get in a fight with Lady Liadrin, and and you show her why she's not the head of the Paladin Order Hall. Why? Uh, and why are you now? Why are you going to Light's Hope Chapel? Because you want to raise Tyrion Tyrion Fordring from the yeah. dead. Is. The head yeah. of the poor husband. And the light <laughs> the light doesn't like that. The light's not happy with you. And not so even a little. <laughs> the light the light sort of blows up Darian Mograine real good and and kills him. So you retreat with Darian's body and the Lich King's like, eh, alright. So Darian becomes the fourth horseman. And basically now he's he's extra dead. Like he's he, this guy's died more times than, than you know than a group learning a heroic boss or whatever. Wow, so they, it's like he got his dad's job. Yeah, pretty much. That is in fact what oh. happens. So it, it's kind of interesting because it, that implies he's not the head of the Ebon Blade anymore, since he's the four horsemen are directly raised by the power of the Lich King. So there's some implications there, but I honestly feel like they kind of could have dialed back on the humans a little bit. Like maybe left Darian where he was and had somebody else be uh, head of the Four Horsemen. I mean, if you really wanted to make people angry, it should have been Karen Bloodhoof. But I think they burned Karen, didn't they? Or just yes. left him out until he rotted. Or no, something? they burned sure. him. They they still burn him every year during Children's Week. Yeah, I think we established that he's a regenerating pile of ash a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. my, I honestly, one if you really wanted to upset people, but it would have been fascinating, would have been Vol'jin. No. Yeah, see that I would have been so right mad. There, no. That reaction right there is why I'm saying it. Right there. <laughs> you imagine people's reaction have been Vulgin. Okay, but, but we burned Vulgin too. Like there was a big bonfire. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, we snuck him out before you burned him. Throw out some other troll on there. That's fine. But you know, no, I, I Senjin, another possibility that would have been good. Somebody, you know, from, from Warcraft lore. But I'm gonna let you guys throw in your candidates now because I've I've been talking about I, I feel like it's fundamentally wrong to have Sally Whitemane and not Renault Mograine. Yeah. Renault would have been a good... See, I would like to see her raise him as her kind of like henchman. Like she becomes a death knight and then she pulls in a rise my champion and there's your fourth. Or if like what you recruited her is like one of the early ones and she's like, I'm only in this if we get my bow. Because remember, like when they redid Scarlet Monastery, they partnered her up with somebody else and she just did not care about that dude at all. Yeah, she was like very much. Yeah. She obviously didn't care, and like when you kill her, her her like dying words are of Mograine, not this other dude that was with her. So I feel like having White Mane and not Mograine is just wrong. And if like you raised her first, and she's like, okay, I'll do it, but only if I have Mograine at my side, that would have been cool. I mean, technically, she still does have a Mograine at her side, just not the yeah, right one. Yeah, but it's a crappy one. It's not the right one. Yeah, there's probably, not a lot of goody goody. there's probably a lot of tension between the two of them. So, yeah, how are you doing? Oh, I I'm doing great now that I'm dead and alive again for the umpteenth time. Yeah, the two of them probably don't get along very well, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I remember when you were dating my brother and he tried to kill me. Yeah, I remember when you ruined everything for us. <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving great. is a special time. In the Scarlet you know, Monastery. I, I agree. Like, maybe you could have actually left Darian in place and he even... Then Darian would have been pleased because he could have like lorded it over his brother for all eternity. Yeah. He'd be like, so how's how's being a four horseman working out for you? Renault but, Renault would have been a good would have been anybody else? a good choice. Um I don't know. Someone in the chat channel just said Terran Gorfiend, and I kinda like that idea. 
kind of. Oh, he'd, he'd be like Drac in, in, in Andromeda. He'd be the really crusty old Death Knight. He'd be so angry, though. Can you imagine how angry he would be? Oh, yeah. The best part would be how mad he'd be. He'd be so mad because the thing is, is like he was one of the original, the old school, the OG Death Knights, as it were. He was created by Gul'dan. So him coming back because of the Lich King would just be so many slaps in the face. I feel like that's a recipe for Gorfin becoming the Lich King. It may be a little bit. Um, Spendbeard... you don't mess with. Spendbeard in the chat channel says, maybe they could have gone after Marad. That's so horrible, I don't even want to think about it. I'm waiting for Rossi to start screaming. No, actually, the thing is is that I actually kind of like that idea. I don't. Because it would make me angry. Like, oh, I'd be so drain, mad. The, the drain I love her in me would absolutely hate that. But I, when I look at the four horsemen, I think the four horsemen should be figures where you're like, what? Like going after Tyrion Fordring is the like. Um, think about just going after him isn't just slapping the paladins in the face. It's kicking in the door, throwing a bucket of like pig blood on them, and then going surprise. <laughs> Like, even though they didn't get him, just doing that, just walking in and, and, you know, you're a death knight and you walked in here. Oh, my God. So Marad like, you know, or Orgrim Doomhammer. Ooh, 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 Orgrim Doomhammer. <laughs> now, the thing, though, is I don't want to take away from Nazgrim. You put Doomhammer in that group and then Nazgrim is like, uh, As- yeah, Nazgrim worked so hard to get where he used to Well, if you have Nazgrim, maybe they sh- should have had... Admiral Taylor as well, because he got killed by like a scourged necromancer dude. Oh my gosh! Yeah. and then they could basically do that bro, that Haiti fighting forever. They could just so, constantly bicker each other. So you have Naz- to, you basically go with Nazgrim, uh, M- Mograine and White, and uh, yeah, yeah, White Mane, Nazgrim Mograine. and Admiral Taylor and White Mane and Mograine. Yeah, and then you it's have basically your two like, tag teams in the four man. Yeah, and then you've kind of got Thessarian and Kultira as the unofficial fifth and sixth horsemen. Yeah, they basically are they're in the group, you know. So they're like the the unofficial fifth and sixth beetle, or whatever Spendier you want to call. Spendier also suggested Vandral Staghelm, which is actually not a bad idea. <laughs> wow, I'm, I like I'm that an idea. Undead Death Knight, Fire Druid. What am I? <laughs> what do I even do? I mean, you know, he's already suffered for so long. He's used to suffering, so it's not like he wouldn't, you know, fall into that position. We should move on just because otherwise we'll just do this all day. But man, uh, we could. Yeah. Thanks for the thanks for the email. That was actually a really good question there. OK, our next question is from Fjordskoggle, which I'm very happy about their name, too. Everybody's got good names today so far. This is great. Uh, so hello, watchers. Fjordskoggle, the fabulous from Medivh, mostly harmless, harmless Exodar. Now that the Alliance side of the leveling stream is done. Wait, keep... wait, 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 wait. I have a question. Yes. Sharon Scoggle from Medivh in the guild Mostly Harmless of Exodar. Yeah, the oh, cross is that realm. cross realm shenanigans? Okay, yes. I get it now. Cross realm shenanigans. That's what's going on here. Anyway, we have a character uh, in our you know our leveling stream guild. We have a character from Scenarian Circle in it. Yeah. So uh Fjarn Scoggle says now that the Alliance side of the leveling stream is done, I'm curious, what were your favorite moments? For me, from the Fox Force 5 edition, it was Corfax hands down, and for the simple farm boy saga, it's Mitch's Dalaran portal prank. P.S. Thanks for the awesome peculiar plant t-shirt, and you're welcome. Uh, it says, can't wait to see what you see you guys go Horde next, Fjarnskoggle. And yeah, we will be doing that this Thursday. We're going to be playing Horde 
from level one onward because we just can't get enough of torturing ourselves. So. I have a few, but I want to let Alex and Anna talk first. Alex, go. Okay. Um, first, it's every single time that everybody dropped dead except for me because I'm a warlock and I could gloat about it because it made everybody angry. Uh, second was way at the beginning when I was going to do a single quest to level up at the end of a stream and I broke it by punching a rat. Because apparently punching rats made booze fall off your back and break the quest. I have a couple. And first up, I can't really talk about the Alliance side of the stream without talking about Fox's amazing puppet show. Because that was probably a highlight for me when he went through the whole, he made like that whole puppet show thing. It's on the leveling stream playlist if you guys go look. It's just the Fox Force 5 um, trailer type thing. Uh, the other moment that really stuck out when Fox was with us was when we were in Fair or no, uh, Fellwood. We were in Fellwood, and I don't remember what was going on. I think, I think Rossi mined something, and he mined a bunch of nuggets or something like. And Fox just made this series of absolutely inhuman noises. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't. It wasn't that I mined one. It was that every time we go to a node, I'd get there before him and mine it. And get nuggets before him. Yeah, because and, he was actually, yeah. he'd been working on his mining, and Rossi had not been working on his mining. <laughs> so yeah, he just made this series of like completely inhuman noises, and it was glorious. It was so funny. Um, and then after Mitch joined us, honestly, yeah, the dollar on portal thing, where Mitch finally got us all and put the dollar on portal down, and we all clicked it, and then immediately fell to our deaths, because that's just what happens. That was pretty funny. And then, what else? There was so much stuff. There really was. I never clicked another one of his portals ever again, by the way. I did, but I was always really careful to check the, to actually check the box. Or check the, you know, the tool tip before I clicked clicked it. Um, Corfax was definitely a highlight. I don't know. There were so many. There was a lot of really good moments with the Alliance side. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what happens on the Horde side. Rossi, go ahead, because I know you've got stuff. Well, first up, um, the very first one that I remember us doing when you guys somehow ended up at like level 10 or 11 in the uh, Searing Gorge. Do you remember this? Yeah, that's right. You you aggroed a spider from like literally, you weren't even all the way to Searing Gorge. You aggroed a spider and it chased you down like a hungry revenant of vengeance. And you were trying (laughs) to kill it, running away and trying to kill it. And I was still back in town. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, God, it won't stop. It's an unstoppable spider of death. And like, Here's I... here's the thing. I pulled that on purpose, hoping to get you. Yeah, I, wasn't I was there. trying to pull it to you. Yeah, I was literally about as far away from you as was possible. I was back in town. I'm like, what are you guys to... doing? I was trying to go to you into like meeting up halfway so I could kite the spider to you. Meanwhile, everybody else is dying to it. Yeah, it just murdered everyone. So that's one. Um, anytime that I'd find myself throwing a keg when I was playing the monk and it just instantly killed like 35 mobs. Like keg was so broken guys. You don't even know. I would do a keg smash and like entire like dungeons would fall over. It was like, yeah. it was like seriously like I, I, I was drinking from Sorfang's keg or something. So that was good. Uh, Corfax, just for the sheer, what is happening that happened to us? We had no idea. That was near the I end of the I don't think I ever, I, there were, there were a few moments where, we got into like laughing jags, but I don't think any of them ever met the sheer level no. of what the heck is going on. Corfax, Corfax was literally 
Corfax would practically came with its own yakety sax. It, it was, was that so bad. It was so good. It was so it, good. So yeah, Corfax, the way he was just running around slaughtering us, and we had no idea what was going on, and it was almost comedic. And anything that involved Fox's shirt or the lack thereof, and chest armor and lack thereof, that was good think, for the Fox. Armor. I think the moment that we said goodbye to Fox and he leapt off of Dalaran, and then Alex just decided to follow him. And we all jumped off Dalaran. Yeah. No, I did not jump off a of Dalaran. <laughs> oh, right. No, no, we didn't. None of us did but Alex. Alex yeah. did because he could demonic leap at the bottom and avoid certain death. He just yes. wanted to film the entirety of Fox's demise. Yes. <laughs> but, for, but for the Mitch era, since there, there were quite a few good ones for the Mitch era. And I mean, one of the ones that comes up is the first time we did a mythic. Uh, and we were like all like, this is going to be horrible. But it actually turned out to be pretty much OK. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. It turned um, out to be great, actually. Uh, I liked our the, the one foray we did into transmog farming when we went and ran. Um, we were all at level 110 and we went and ran Hellfire Citadel. We did like four bosses in Hellfire Citadel. That and, one was fun. Yeah, I liked that a lot. It's been a good run. Um, I'm I'm actually you know, I'm glad that we did real Dalaran, like the mythic, you know, the mythic five man Dalaran. Uh, we managed to get it done before 7.2. So we didn't have to do it in heroic. We did it on mythic. I think I liked uh, Mitch's first stream and his orcs and dorks campaign. Yeah, see, I missed that. I wasn't there for that, yeah, so gone. I had to like catch up on that. I had to come up with that because I was afraid with you gone and Fox gone, we would be bereft of charisma. I so I was like, I have you guys to are bereft of charisma. It's uh, but you see that right there, that thing we just did, where neither Alex or I talked for like five seconds. That's yeah. what we were afraid of happening. Yes, two hours of us trying to figure out what to say. <laughs> Ian and Fox were like conversation machines. They just, you know, the two of them there, you know, we didn't know how it was going to go. It turns out Mitch is also good like that, so it was fine. We slotted Mitch in, and I don't remember what I was just saying. It was something about how Mitch is a good replacement. Mitch is a good replacement. Mitch is really good with the dad jokes. He knows just when to put those in, and he also knows how to be just annoying without being annoying, like too annoying. He's just well... annoying enough. Sometimes everybody on that stream can be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. be to be fair, we can all be terrible, myself included. So, but all right, yeah, I think that covers it. That, that was we we've enjoyed our alliance time, and we'll see what happens towards side. Yep. Okay, so our next question is from Sevatar, and he says, "Hi, watchers. Bit of a left field question. How old do you think the average WoW player is now? Do you think he or she is more quote unquote mature than the average gamer? If so, is that a concern for the future of the game? And do you think Blizzard designs specifically with that demographic in mind, Sevatar? Do we mean mature strictly by age or by like behavior? I'm, I'm assuming mentality and behavior. If you mean mentality and behavior, then I'm going to say no. No. Uh." The the WoW audience can be... Uh, <laughs> it's just as varied as it has always been. We'll just say that, diplomatically speaking. Yeah. There's there's certain jokes that have become part of the WoW canon that I can't repeat on a family podcast. Yes. Uh, they involve Thunder Fury and things leaking. I'll say that much. Yes. Um, there's some jokes that I, I, that I find hilarious. Like, my wife and I still crack up over many whelps handle it. It's been 12 years since we saw that video and it still makes us laugh i mean i i, I literally can't go many whelps left side handle it you know it doesn't matter what it is we'll both we'll both start laughing um i definitely feel like in terms of age i think there are still young people playing wow but i think the the 
age of the wild wild player base in general has aged with the game um oh yeah definitely i i started playing when i was what 17 i'm 30 now so yeah because it's uh, bored yeah it's been 13 years the game came out in 2004 it's yep you know that's how long it's been i've been playing it that whole time that's why i'm in my 40s you know i started when i was i started when i was about alex's age now so, so. it's yeah it's i mean and if there's a significant number of people who have been playing that long yeah, the the player base has aged, and even if they haven't been playing since vanilla, if they've been playing since Wrath, that's still still ten years. Know, yeah. It's, so it's do still... you do you think that Blizzard is designing specifically with that audience in mind, or do you think they're designing towards bringing new people in? Honestly, I feel like Legion is very much designed towards the existing player base. I don't feel like Legion's primary concern was getting people back. I think it was, well, if it was getting people back, it was getting people back who'd already played wow i don't feel like it's a, an expansion designed for hey new player uh because i think at this point blizzard is i approach the new players is you'll start at max level like you will start like at level 100 and you'll only have 10 levels to go you'll be with everybody else i feel like that's i feel what like doing. yeah i feel like everybody who might have played wow has already played it there are no new people to get unless they were born in 2004 that generation maybe hasn't played it yet, and they might. But there are otherwise, thirteen-year-olds out there who have never played the game before. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, if somebody was ever going to play WoW, I'm sure they have already attempted, and if they haven't yet, they have no interest and never will. Yeah, okay. I do definitely feel like they've had, like, they've said something like at this point that they've had something like, and this was released back like four years ago. Now they did that thing about how they've had like over a hundred million unique accounts. So. Yeah. All right, so we've got time, I think, for like one more question here. So we're going to go ahead and get to that. Um, and this one is from Clampett, who's a level 110 troll beast mastery hunter on Ravenholt, who says, Greetings, watchers. I was wondering something about the Warcraft multiverse. Do the Titans transcend all the universes in the multiverse, or does each universe have its own set of Titans? The story of Alt Gul'dan would lead me to think that there is only one set of Titans, but if that's the case, why is Sargeras so fixated on our Azeroth? Wouldn't it be easier to focus on the Azeroth and the Alt Draenor universe instead? Would that Azeroth also have a world soul? I look forward to your thoughts and hope this this isn't too silly of a question. Clamp it. Rossi, I'm just going to let you tackle this one. Well, I mean, one of the things I was thinking about when I first read this question was we don't know that there is an alt Azeroth for that alt Draenor because the way time waves have worked in Warcraft in the past, they've branched off from the main timeline and been like their own weird pocket existence. And we don't know if that's what this Draenor was or not. We don't understand enough yet about how time works now that the Titans aren't controlling it. Since the Titans can control timelines, they can actually create and preserve them. With the Titans in Norsdormo in particular not controlling the timelines anymore, and since we know they had that power, that implies that there's only one Azeroth, only one timeline with Azeroth in it. And then other timelines split off, but they're like pocket dimensions or pocket realities that only contain so much as is in them. Like, you you know that we saw in the end of War Crimes, they used the, uh, I can never remember the name of the bloody relic, but uh, the one that Kairos had you get, the, sa- the, the scepter with sand in it. The hourglass, yeah. The hourglass, yeah. He, he uses that to do various time things and pulls people from other timelines to that Azeroth. Are those people from fully realized alternate worlds? Or are they from pocket slivers that only exist to, you know, just long enough to show you possible alternate timelines? We don't know. We don't understand enough yet of how this works. The only we people to... who could really explain it 
are probably Kairos and Nazdarmu, and Nazdarmu doesn't have any powers anymore, and Kairos is dead, so... Yeah. I mean, you know, theoretically, one would assume a Titan might be able to, but since they're kind of dead, too, uh, it's sort of... The, the fact that there, you know, there is one Sargeras certainly implies that there's, you know, only one of each Titan, but we don't really understand how it works in terms of, like, you know, Titan Souls versus the Fell and all that stuff. It would It would be nice if that was broken down for us, but right now it hasn't been, so it's very hard to say. I don't think there is a complete separate universe that exists outside of this one, which is why Alt Draenor is such an interesting thing. Cause it feels like he basically took a time way. Cause if you read, um, Thrall, um, the Thrall novel, they have these alternate timeways. Like there's the one where like Thrall ends up working for Blackmore. This would be like, Thrall Twilight of the Aspects for people who don't yeah. know what novel that is. Uh, when you when you read that, you know, you see that there's an alternate timeways. Are those timeways full-fledged alternate universes that started at the same time as Azeroth, branched off at some point, and they go on to continue? Or do they just exist, for lack of a better word, for a time and then fold back in? We don't know. Like, you know, we don't know what Nosdormu was talking about exactly. What I do know is that we've been told a couple of different things. There was one point in time where we were told that there wasn't an alternate Azeroth. And then there was one point in time where we were told, yeah, there is an alternate Azeroth. Um, I believe... Was what my, if we're yeah. the alternate Azeroth? Well, and I think I think it was when I was interviewing Afrasiabi that he mentioned that, that he said that there was an alternate Azeroth. And I don't think he really we didn't we didn't go into it just beyond him saying yeah there probably is um but it i don't think that we can really give any kind of a definitive answer on this because there's no canon for it exactly yeah there, there's just there's no canon for it they've never really explained it or anything and it doesn't seem to be something that they really want to go into in greater detail they aren't they aren't interested in that whole multiverse story or anything like that they're, yeah, they're much they, more they interested in, you know, they they used it for the purposes of Warlords of Draenor, but that's about it. And they'll use it for, like, a plot thing every now and again, like Thrall, Twilight of the Aspects. That's actually a really good book, by the way. It's by Christy Golden. And if you ever read Lord of the Clans, you should pick up Twilight of the Aspects because it, it, it's neat. It's a really neat story. Um, and it's very convoluted and it's very you know, alternate realities, alternate timelines, this, that, the, if, if that's what you're looking for, Twilight of the Aspects will give that to you. But I don't think that it's something that they're really going to heavily invest in in the main canon of the game because it's a little out there, for even for Warcraft. And I mean, yeah, this is a game where we've got giant talking cattle, but, you know, it's yeah, out between, there. Between Twilight of the Aspects and War Crimes, that's pretty much all we know about how this works. Yeah. And the only times we've really seen it. And we don't have a specific... In terms of, like, it seems very very likely that the Legion doesn't know how to just pick and choose these universes. Um, they they definitely seemed confounded by the concept when we were in Warlords of Draenor. Yeah. Um, they didn't really understand what was going on. Well, so, anyway. Yeah, don't know one way or the other. Yeah, sorry we didn't have a better answer for you, Clampett, but that pretty much wraps us up for this week. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with a podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we will be here next week.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.